0: You are listening to the Icehouse Podcast. Hosting conversations with gritty Kiwi business owners and leaders and industry-leading minds. Hi everyone, it's Briar. Welcome to the Ice House podcast. I am the community manager here and I have a great privilege of sharing our alumni stories on our weekly podcast. This is another brilliant story. I loved going along to Blue Lab, which is a company based in Todonga. They are really leading the way when it comes to measurement tools, manufacturing and exporting uh, in the growing and agri uh, sector. Their purpose is the art of growing Growing for a healthier world. Um, they definitely are an incredible agriculture solution uh, when it comes to measuring and measurement tools. I had a little tour of uh, Blue Lab and was blown away by their processes um, and their commitment to quality. Uh, Mandy and Greg are incredible Icehouse alumni. They did um, a 321 Go Global program potentially nearly 20 years ago um, at the Ice House and has stayed such a core part of the community in Tauranga. Uh, and they have recently just uh, successfully done a succession plan and an exit plan, and now they have a new leadership team in place who I got to interview. John Jones is the new uh, CEO of Blue Lab, and I also interviewed Ash Nicholson, who is the new chief operations officer, so COO of Blue Lab. They were so awesome, they absolutely dropped gold. They talked about how they work together as a team and also work with uh, the international C-suite. Uh, they talked about how they keep resilience and wellness as a focus, um, how they really focus on company culture, um, what gets them out of bed in the morning and what a day in the life of them as leaders look like and a lot, lot more, including what they got from our leadership development program. Anyway, let's get into it. The conversation with Jono and Ash from Blue Lab. Thanks for listening. Very cool to be here. Uh, I'd like to start with a real general open question. Um, Jono, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what your passion is. What you're passionate about.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm really passionate about um, taking um, New Zealand product and businesses to the world. So Mm. export businesses and then that intersection between like technology and sustainability um, mm-hmm. and design, I think is actually a really interesting kind of place to, to play where you take into account. Yeah, like the promise of technology, like the, what you can do for customers to yeah. kind of meet their unmet need. Um, and then also just achieving kind of solutions which are gonna be kind of better for the world going forward. So that, that's my passion yeah. in business. Yeah.
0: That's cool. and. Leading to that, what got you to that point? What what sparked that passion or what got mm. you to your role as CEO at Blue Lab today?
1: Yeah, okay. So I trained in the UK in design, so product design, um, mm. way back in the kind of like early 2000s. Um, and then went straight into med tech after then. So in startup, working in product design for particularly neonatal products, so products for premature babies. So how oh, do you wow. move babies between hospitals um and protect them from noise and thermal challenges and and vibrations. So there was a lot of like incubators and noise defence systems, really meaningful work and that was where I really kind of cut my teeth in this idea of empathy where you're
0: mm.
1: developing a product for somebody who you're not the customer. Yeah. And went from there down to London into energy management product design. So developing solutions to help consumers understand their energy in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all around behaviour change and then left to travel, um, went for 18 months around the world and during that 18 months arrived in New Zealand, which mm-hmm. should have been for three months, but then <laughs> that was kind of 13 years ago now.
0: <laughs> You're left. really here to stay. Here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it just absolutely <laughs> fell for it. And I was in, in the mountain in Taronga and just got really kind of enamoured by the idea that you can have Um, really kind of small, multifunctional kind of teams doing brilliant work and taking that to the world. Because if you want to succeed in New Zealand, then you've got to be an export business. Mm. It's kind of something I believe in. Yeah, wow. Um, Yeah, and then it was during that time working with customers and clients, developing ideas through innovation, and they all had a twist around uh, kind of consumer-centric, so user-centric ideas, Mm. underpinned with sustainable design principles. Yeah. Yeah. and um, then met greg a previous ceo of yes. blue lab seven mm. years ago now and was talking to him about really kind of like what's that that again the promise of taking technology into agriculture mm. and putting it through a digital kind of transformation and again in this world of sustainable agricultural practice hydroponics mostly kind of greenhouse production and that's when i came on board um, in a product development role, and then since kind of laddered up over seven years into the wow. the CEO role now.
0: Very yeah. very cool, mm-hmm. and yeah, Greg's been a massive part of the ice house mm-hmm. as well. So cool to see, um, yeah, how that's all came about, even with his you know succession planning um, and exit from the business last year. It's been quite a cool journey to watch. Um, so nice to sort of hear little bit more about you guys as well um those that are taking the reins um so on that note ash um tell us a little bit about yourself what are you passionate about and what led to the role of coo at blue lab
2: yeah what am i passionate about um i mean like Personally, um, I've got a couple of little kids and my wonderful wife Jo, we live down here at the beach. So in terms of a passion of what I like to do outside of work, it's definitely seeing those two kids grow up on the beach and sort of have fun and play around in the surf and get out and catch the waves myself every now and again. So that's definitely the sort of the passion and drive of living down here and and being part of the bay Mm -hmm. um, and sort of the motivating factor at home more than anything else to keep supporting them and doing fun stuff and being as fun of a dad as I can as I've got a fairly (laughs) stressful personality and a stressful job and with twins it's not that easy being being that calm. But no, uh, so that sort of is the home stuff. But in terms of of like career and work, um, I've always enjoyed talking to people. Like I'm an extrovert and I like – you know, interacting and leading and sort of being that relationship between, you know, sort of employee, employer. Mm -hmm, Um, And I've always been uh, someone who likes getting stuff done, like a maker of stuff, like a deliverer of things. Awesome. So I've always been involved in businesses and in roles in which have been on the operational delivery kind of side. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I like jumping into big challenges and problems. So my sort of career journey has always been, it's been across a number of different kind of industries and companies and structures, um, but it's always been in a role where I'm just trying to learn as much of a skill set as I can mm-hmm. in the delivery side of a business to help move a business forward, really. Yeah. Um and, yeah, so that's what I like doing. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, and that's kind of led me into the role at COO here, as I really see it as assisting deliver the business's objectives and contribute strategically, and I get to meet a lot of people and have a lot of those relationships with direct reports and staff mm. and really just trying to contribute as, as much as we can to grow the business and, mm. and be a really fun place to work at the same time.
0: Yeah, so cool. Yeah, it sounds like you've got that good balance of operational and very people-based, um, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and, like, I think cool. you have
2: to be, right? Yeah, like for sure. you can't do the work of 100 people, so you've got to make sure that you can lead them the right way to get the body of work done and face the challenges that are sitting there. So, yeah,
0: for sure, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Amazing context to you guys and, and your roles. Um, question for both of you, but maybe you could start, Jono. What, what's been a really important lesson that you've learnt over your career? Maybe if you were to give your past self some advice or, you know, some learnings from your career so far.
1: I'd probably go to the people part of it. Yeah. And just actually like how, for me, like business at the end of the day is just a group of people who come together who are like driven by different, probably kind of like different kind of purposes, if mm. you like. Mm. Um, and you've just got to get them rallied to do the best work of their life. And I think that that's like a lesson I've kind of learned over time where I think when you start your career, you're kind of one of those cogs and as you kind of advance up the ladder, you realize you're trying to kind of move all those cogs at the same time.
0: Yeah.
1: And you've got to motivate them and you then got to inspire them and reward them and recognise them mm. in ways which are quite personalised. I think like increasingly we're kind of like moving to like quite kind of like personalised kind of approaches with, with that kind of aspect with people. But yeah, it's just like business is just a group of people who have to turn up and do brilliant work.
0: Yeah,
1: and That's so cool. I've definitely kind of learned learned that, um, yeah, kind of like on that leadership journey from being just kind of one of the people to, you know, kind of moving the engine.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love that. The best work of your life. That's really inspiring. That's cool. What about you, Ash, for that same question?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point that Jono makes. But, mm. I mean, for myself, I think the the biggest piece of advice for myself would probably be, like, just don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. Like, you know, when yeah. you're learning and you're trying to, like, do the best and just like Jono said, trying to do the best work of your life, like, yep. you're allowed to make mistakes along the way and, like, not know what you're doing and, like, I think the biggest lesson I've realised over working is that no one really is 100% like confident in what they're doing all the time. Yeah. And even if it's like the CEO or an operations manager or the guy working on the floor or the mm. production assembler or whatever, like everyone's learning at the same time and just trying to figure it out. And, totally. You know, that like fake it till you make it's a true thing and yeah. eventually you become competent. Mm. But that's probably the biggest learning that I've like, reflected on mm. is that you don't actually need to know everything on day one. Yeah, you like learn that through the process, and you've you've got to be aspirational, but you can't be so hard on yourself that you it's detrimental to your confidence or to your ability to like put your hand up and say yes to things because yeah. you're just supposed to learn along the way, and, and you'll eventually grow a skill set that helps you in the end. Yeah. yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, and especially if you're part of a company like Blue Lab that is you know leading edge in scenarios, there will always be times where someone in the business is like, okay, this is so new for us, you know, like we're not sure what yeah, the way forward is. Let's work it out together. And, yeah. yeah, so that's really cool. I like that. That's both brilliant pieces of advice, really. Um, why Blue Lab for you both? What excites you most about the the future of the company as well? Maybe, I do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah, well, I think if you look at like the macro trends around Blue Lab, it's in a really, really exciting space. Mm. And we can see, you know, the, the impact that agriculture has kind of on the world from an environmental perspective is just so significant and we're sitting like right here we're sitting at a time where like food security is a really pressing issue around the mm-hmm. world like fertilizer costs just rocketing because of like ukraine war but then you've got areas like singapore you know kind of driving to be much more kind of sustainable around their food security challenges same as the middle east as yeah. we switch an oil economy to you know kind of um you know kind of alternative ways for those those territories to kind of like drive their kind of future so um and then there's like water right there's this kind of issue of water um insane flooding over the weekend Mm. in auckland yeah in one world and then you've got incredible kind of droughts in other worlds and i think it i think we're what Blue Lab does and our kind of technology is enabling crops to be grown in really kind of challenged environments with much lower, kind of lower resources. Mm. and that's really important space for it to be. And I think one kind of connecting to the climate change thing, which is just has just gathered pace so significantly, like during the, the last kind of three years through COVID, I think it's just a lot more people just became much more attuned to like their position in the planets. I think a lot of people kind of underappreciate how. At that rising temperature, we talk about one degree or one and a half degree, but for every degree, I think it's like 20% more moisture kind of mm. gets added to the atmosphere. So we're going to get these like catastrophic mm. um, weather events. So I'm really inspired and passionate about the role that controlled environment agriculture can have on the mm. world. And we can help you know, kind of accelerate those world's food baskets in areas which can support um, controlled environment and meet the needs of a growing population. Um, And it starts with like simple, dependable technology, and I think we're in a we're in a really, really good position to be kind of supporting that future.
0: Mm, That's great. Comes back to that passion of yours, right? Of Mm. um, climate change, sustainability, and Mm. technology coming together. Mm, It's really cool. What about you, Ash?
2: Yeah, I think like John, I said like the Blue Lab's got a really like solid foundation and purpose to it. So it's like my family background is from agriculture and horticulture and you know, I like went to university and, and studied that and that's mm-hmm. kind of where my family's sort of base is um yep. so there's a nice like primary industry tie for me um yeah and you know like I mentioned at the start you know spending time in the ocean and being outside all the time like you kind of want to make sure that that's there for mm-hmm. future generations mm-hmm. and you know but in terms of why it attracted me you know it's it's a it's a really Good size business with really good challenges. Um, that is based down in, in Tauranga, so yep. like you know, it's a it's a bit of a unicorn in that respect. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, and you know the people are really good. You know, it's it's got a pretty nice feeling. It's got a mm-hmm. pretty flat hierarchy kind of structure. Um, and it's a it's a business that I think has got lots of um, potential to continue to grow, given its export market space that really solid foundation of a purpose but also being in a tech kind of industry mm. I think there's scalability there um so the challenges are big enough the people are nice and it's got a really good purpose mm,
0: yeah awesome man you guys are so articulate I love, it's great <laughs> these answers are just incredible um I want to get a bit of a feel for your guys working relationships so how does that work um what does a day in the life look like really of of both of you can I ask that? Yes, you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Good <laughs> My da- my days start really early. Yeah. Um, so like, a, with having twins, you don't get a lot of sleep.
0: How old lives. How old are the twins?
2: So one? they're two and a half. Okay. Now. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. it's been. I started with Blue Lab three years ago, so it's yeah. been a pretty like busy three years. By Absolutely. the time we have COVID, moved down here, twins start mm. a new job, succession plan through that, and then figure it out. You know. Yeah. So like, it's pretty Massive. busy. Yeah. Um, but that's good. Yeah. Uh, so, like a day in the life, I get up really early. My exercise usually starts at about four thirty. Oh. Home at six to deal with the kids, it is and early. then here as early as possible. Cool. Um, and I, I like talking to the people. Talking to people, so I yeah. will walk the floor every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the manufacturing guys are here at seven, so I'll go and talk to most people and try and talk to everyone every day. That's one of my like leadership goals. Yes. Out of the ice, ho- ice house course was Great. Just be personable. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of get into the daily meeting stuff and mm. and John and I will check in across the week once formally and mm. but we're pretty open and can just tap each other on the shoulder and say hey I just need your opinion or this is happening and something's yeah. going on but yeah. yeah it's um it's a pretty full on kind of day um, but I'm I'm very kind of clear on at the end of the day I also need to go home and see the kids mm. at the same time so yeah you know you work really hard to get the benefit of being able to disappear out of the office at sort of 3.30 to 4 o'clock. Yeah. So you can spend a couple of hours with the kids and actually see them, even mm. though they're really grumpy at that time of day, <laughs> um, and sort of <laughs> so do it that home stuff at the same time. Yeah. So, But in terms of so working here, like obviously started while Jono was a couple of years in, mm. um, and we had different roles over the last few years. But it's been good, uh, and it's been a nice journey sort of both of us working through the company and understanding what our like roles and purposes are and what skill set we actually bring to each other's roles to complement them. Yes. And I think that's a really key part when you're trying to build like a C-suite and that senior leadership team is that you've really got to build that team and understand what your strengths are and what mm-hmm. is your role and how do you deliver it. And also there's a responsibility to be pretty autonomous in that and actually be in control of the things that you're supposed to be in control of and ask for the support when you need it. But don't overreach and extend that because you're supposed to, you've got some accountability to deliver when you get into those more senior roles.
0: Totally. So, yeah, I think
2: it's, um, but underpinning that you've got to have a good like personal relationship at the same time. You've Mm -hmm. got to understand each other as people. You've got to like have a genuine interest in each other's lives and families and Mm -hmm. there's a respect. That comes alongside with the support. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I'm going to come back to a question there, but first I want I want John. I context contacted that. That's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah no, some good points there. So what, mm. yeah, what does our week look like? So, um, so Ash, so as a senior leadership team, we meet we meet twice a week now. So we book in the week where we go Tuesday mornings, Friday mornings. We did, the reason we do Tuesdays. We've got a, a chief revenue officer up in Chicago. Oh wow. So her yeah. week starts on our kind of Tuesday. So we kind of we, and we've tried we've experimented with a few kind of ideas here. So we've gone through like daily stand-ups mm. through to now um, Tuesdays, Fridays. Great. And that's that's like you set up the week and then you kind of try and close the week and do a handoff. because um, Darcy's got an extra day kind of up in the US of course, on yeah. Saturday. So that's where we're kind of like formally kind of looking at project workflow critical kind of goals that week. But like Ash said, then we we do kind of one-on-ones um, through the week as well when we're focusing much more kind of on the like the uh, kind of the the team the individual kind Mm. of progress against kind of goals and aspirations um but then i think like you know i think ash was making some good points there around how like he's kind of like built building his kind of like work life around his kind of like home life Mm. like i do the same like i've got three kids but they're just late starters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ash is up at half four. But mine's <laughs> scratching out bed at half past seven. So, so I'm in at kind of eight thirty. Then I'll work a little bit later, and then leave home, get the kids to bed. Sometimes you kind of open the laptop kind of later into the evening. But yeah. you just kind of make it work these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think because we're so enabled on, on chat and text mm-hmm. that you can, you can just very kind of quickly respond to anyone at any kind of point. Um, and yeah mm. it's like we work in open plan office so yeah there. and you know like that senior leadership like kind of built in building that leadership team kind of idea is you know you you have roles and kind of job descriptions which things kind of clearly fall into different teams kind of buckets but that the harder thing is when often like the hardest problems sit at the intersection of kind of like more than one team. Yes. And it actually requires kind of one person to kind of grab it by the neck. Yeah, lead it. And just lead it mm. and just kind of pick it up and own it. And both Ash and I have kind of subscribed to like that extreme ownership kind of model with, with you know, Jocko's book, mm, um, which is a great read. Um, and, do, you know, you, re- you need people in the business who are willing to pick up these problems, drive it, own it. And yeah, and just like not kind of worry about too much about getting it kind of perfect mm. and just like just doing something on it and acting on it's the yep. most important thing so that's kind of how we engineer it I think is kind of mm. like how we work together is you know there's a lot of autonomy in yep. the team um leveraging each of the skills mm. and, and then also like giving each other the opportunity to actually go and just try stuff but yeah very cool align around the biggest problems that's the thing that's what we kind of like we constantly kind of like challenge ourselves with
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, picking up on something you've both said around, um, you know, knowing the people's strengths and weaknesses, has there been any learnings on that journey or any specific things that you guys have done to work out what each other's strengths and weaknesses are, whether it's been testing or team days or a big flop that you're like, okay, actually, that that person wasn't the right person to own that. Anything along those
1: lines? Bringing it back to the um, the LDP, one thing that I took away... From that was the, the TMI, family, yes, the TMS? yes, TMI T-T- TMI T-T- profiles, yeah. Yeah. Team management, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We both like we both went through that process when we were going through LDP. Yeah, I learned a lot about myself, but then we use that as a tool now at Blue Lab to understand each other. Brilliant, well. cool. So where do we kind of sit on those wheels? And for me, that was quite a breakthrough. Where to build a high performing team, you need um, you need X kind of excellence like in all the way around that wheel mm-hmm. right from your kind of reporter advisor your creator innovator developers producers etc and knowing that not one person can do all of that yep. leads you to a team approach so I've learned a lot about Ash for example and the rest of the team by kind of understanding those profiles and working through them as a team yep. where we get in a room and you know we kind of understand our ways of working and work preferences mm-hmm. that's been helpful
0: yeah that's really cool yeah i think that's important to take the time to do that with the wider team and we're seeing more and more alumni from our leadership development program really like take that into their workplaces um because you do learn a lot about yourself um and a lot about the other people you're working with so it's very cool
1: yeah it's it's (laughs) it's strikingly accurate mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like you read
2: your own one you're like yeah. did I write this oh yeah you're like
0: oh my gosh are they yeah. been watching me for a yeah. year <laughs> like this is creepy yeah. yeah yeah I've done it too and I'm like oh my gosh this is yeah. kind of
2: insane but yeah I mean it's also quite good when you take that back to your team and even in the leadership development program when you're sitting there and you're like oh I'm kind of this person you almost have like this camaraderie connection thing because you understand each other's like drivers so yeah. I, yeah. I think yeah, I think it's done on like the first couple of days in the, in the Ice House course mm-hmm. and it's like a nice way to understand well okay this is your job and this is your name and this is your role but this is also how you think and how you like to work and you can kind of figure out how you can like build a skill set in a team yeah. like in the course but also take that back and think about your own jobs and your own teams and your own lives and mm-hmm. it's actually quite useful like it's really useful yeah
0: yeah, yeah for sure because it's that moment hey, of going oh like everyone doesn't think the same as mm. me. It's like I've got to remind myself of that yeah. sometimes, you know. It's yeah. a really cool reminder for that for sure. Oh, that's cool. Um, I do really want to take a moment to talk about what the transitions look like here. Um, so Greg's obviously been a big part of the ice house like I mentioned before. Um, mm. Last year seeing that succession plan come into play, the exit plan for him. Um, but knowing that that transition has looked more than just – a handover meeting. <laughs> it's been it's been months in the making. Um could we talk about um, how that transition has looked over the last six months?
1: Yeah like I think you know it's it's probably kind of years. I mean, that's yeah, yeah think definitely thing longer well. than six months. Cool, yeah. cool, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Greg, you know, Greg and I first started kind of talking about the kind of prospect like kind of years ago. And you know, in in hindsight probably kind of COVID Potentially, kind of slowed that kind of down as, yeah. the, as kind of the world and particularly the business needed to focus on, you know, running the business.
0: <laughs> For sure, yeah.
1: Um, and then, yeah, and then the opportunity kind of came up, um, and Greg kind of signaled that he was kind of looking to to exit. Mm. And one thing that we we kind of did was, like, I spent a bit of time kind of reflecting on on myself and with Greg kind of going what what are the areas which i would consider kind of more of a weakness if you like and kind of focused on those because you know your own strengths pretty well Mm -hmm. you know like i'm good kind of in these areas yes and then through the process of that that kind of transition being like really honest and open with the board Mm -hmm. particularly going hey look like these these are the areas that i'm going to need kind of support on or i'm going to need focus or kind of like training or you know and you were, and then kind of using those to then go, I've got people like Ash in the team who can foil some of that for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, have we got the right team in in position? Yeah. So spending a bit of time in there. Um, and then you know, I think it was important for Greg to go through that succession kind of process and, and actually do active handover, mm. particularly with like customers and clients. Yes, so So I got true. up to market pretty quickly Well, just just before I took the role, so in July, I was back up in the U.S., kind of meeting key customers there so I could introduce myself as incoming CEO. Awesome. And then I was back up in market kind of quickly after as well. So, again, reconnecting with our key customers there. And that was one of my kind of 100-day plan kind of goals was meet our top 10 customers in person. Awesome. um, Which I'm on track to. I'll go to Australia next week to kind of meet some more over there.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: but yeah, that, that was an active step was to kind of go, right, we're kind of, he's stepping out, someone else is coming in. And then as a team, Ash, mm-hmm. um, Mike, CFO, Darcy, CRO, we really quickly worked on strategy. Mm-hmm. So we went from um, kind of where we were to re- reforming and realigning a new strategy, Great. which I think was a new, sorry, it was an important step for us to do. As well, because mm. it kind of imprinted like where are we going to focus on yeah. as a team. Yeah, So we did that really quickly, really Thirty it. days.
0: Mm, yeah. yeah, that's so cool. What about from your perspective, Ash? What has that looked like over the last few, couple of years?
2: Yeah, so um, like a similar kind of journey I think to Jono, but probably in a smaller time frame. Yeah. Like I've been here for almost three years this week now, and and yeah. I think looking back on those three years. I think when I originally started it was in an operations manager role and I'd say the first year was really like just learning the job and learning yeah. the business and it takes a bit of time to like find out what the company does and how it works and how to operate and how to like manoeuvre within it and figure yeah. out how to get stuff done which is yeah. a, a good like first year journey. And the second year was probably more of, so Mandy um, so Mandy and Greg Um mm-hmm. Mandy was the COO um, and excellent and mm. and really kind of like quite big boots to fill in, in a lot of respects, both internally and externally. Yeah, um, for sure. I think the second year was her and I really working together in more of that kind of leadership capacity to go, okay, Ash, you've figured out what we do and how to make some product and deliver some stuff to a market, mm. but like, let's use the second year to sort of put your own stamp on stuff and, like, can you improve and make changes and feel Mm. confident in leading departments and actually knowing how to contribute at a more, like, strategic kind of level. Awesome. And so, yeah, first year learning, second year developing and improving. And then the last six months, as Mandy and Greg were exiting, was really what are the tools that you need to Mm. benefit and contribute to the executive team? Mm. And that's where the... Ice House course came in for me is that was really prompted from Mandy and Greg going, we need to round your skill set in some of these other areas of finance and sales and communications and branding yep. because it's not a lot of experience that I had before. Yep. Um, and so that's where the Ice House course came in for me is it gave me confidence and a little bit of exposure to these areas in which you've had some exposure to. Mm. But it also gave Mandy and Greg some confidence that I – was developing my own skill set mm. and, you know, really trying to put my hand up and say yes to a lot of things. Yep. Um, and I think that's really important if you're trying to aspire to move up in the company ladder or, or gain, you know, mm. s- that, that skill set's really important is that you've got to be pretty well-rounded yep. because, you know, you become out of, you can move out of doing jobs and where you've got a piece of the puzzle to actually trying to, like, draw the puzzle yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. and yeah i think you've got to really kind of understand the other functions outside of your like core strengths or departments or like sort of areas that you understand so yeah yeah, and and that transition has been really good and i think that it's kind of given me a good grounding and i know what i can deliver internally but i also know like what i need to work on and how i can help the rest of the exec team Mm -hmm. um sort of succeed as a a group together Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, I think I like just like hearing kind of like Ash's story there, I think
1: one, one strong similarity between both of our experiences, I reflected on both Greg and Mandy stepping out, was they both stepped out and gave us the autonomy yep. yes. to step in concurrently. Mm-hmm. And that must be difficult as founders have been in here for years and have built it. And, mm, you know, amazing
0: team a, between the two, brand, yeah, right? for sure.
1: Um, and Greg has remained on the board and Mandy um, still kind of observes the board. So they're still there but in governance roles. Yeah. Um, But they've both stepped out and just really kind of let us
2: move in and and kind of run it the way that we Mm. want to run it. Yeah, I think I think that's also quite – like, I'm a big fan of, like, growing your own talent, Mm. like, because – Not only can you kind of mould the person who's coming in to fill your position, but you also can help retain the culture of a business as it goes through like transition periods because I like working here because of the people and the feeling and it's like, you know, like there's a good purpose to that. Whereas it's taken probably two years to really understand and learn those key values so that Mm -hmm. I can, Jono and I can like continue and grow them. Yes. Whereas I I think I was coming in fresh into a COO kind of level role. I'd probably bring preconceived ideas and try and, like, implement them and change culture. Yes. But it's actually, you know, you, you do your engagement surveys and stuff here and it's and oh, we've got mm-hmm. a really highly engaged workforce and it's the people and the culture and the feeling and the working with each other that people like. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. And if you can retain that through succession planning, then I think that's probably a good marker of success.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, so, so cool. Yeah, I think that's a great point, you know, sort of raising up internal rather than going external yeah. first is a really great method. And sometimes you need
2: external because yes. you need a skill set or there's significant change and there's there's something you need. But, yeah. I mean, there's lots of good talent out there. You've just got to – but, yeah, I'm a fan of growing your own. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really awesome. Love that. Um, Yeah, want to change gears a bit but also a very similar note um, to talk about about the ISAS program, the leadership development program that you've both been on. Um, cool that Greg and Mandy saw – that in you both and went, awesome, we'd love to put you on this ITAS programme to sort of help you grow. And, and also you, you mentioned confidence. I think it can be really big on just giving the confidence that you need as a leader. Were there any hesitations for you both before going on the programme? What did that look like or were you all in from the get-go? Um,
1: Probably well, probably some hesitation around the time commitment, I yeah. think. you know, Totally. Because it is, you do kind of commit in... It was like three days, every kind of once a month, kind of for yes. three months. Yes. Yes. Um, but that was kind of quite quickly, kind of knocked on the head when you kind of step in through the door and you realise you were a pretty kind of unique set of kind of individuals who are mm. all there for the same, the same reason. Um, mm. And then it's definitely like, as Ash was saying, it. What I think what's great about the course is it gives you a really good kind of view across an entire kind of business, mm-hmm. like all of the different areas. So finance, sales, um, operations, um, people, HR, law. Yeah. And as you step up, you just become more, much more kind of general. And I think what was kind of good for me was it was put across, the lens that was kind of put across it was it's not about kind of like how to operationally run all of those departments so mm-hmm. it's not about being like a, a sales leader it's about how do you lead sales yeah, and awesome. I think that's that was like quite strong for me and really really useful mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah so those initial hesitations around time commitment that was just yeah mm. non starter as soon as I stepped in through the door mm,
0: it's quite a common one like mm. um, for owner managed program and leadership development is like how am I going to find the time mm. to do this um, so it's quite cool hearing you know your experience on that too. Anything for you, Ash?
2: Um, no real hesitations. Like yeah. I just heard great things, and awesome. Like obviously Jono had been through, and I think Greg did the owner manager program like yonks and yonks mm-hmm. ago. So mm-hmm. like it yeah. came with a really high rep, so I swear it's just a really good opportunity. Yeah, really, that's cool. And like I mean, like Jono said, any time commitment hesitations. Like as soon as you walk in day one, and you're out of like your first three days. You're like, there's so much value I've taken out of three days. Like. I'm, like, looking forward to this. Like, I have to do it. Like, the next course can't come around fast enough because I'm just getting so much out of it. Yeah, brilliant. And, That's like, brilliant. from a takeaway perspective, I think that just the, the people and the calibre that are there sitting around over those days with you is you're just learning as much off the people who are sitting in the room with you than you are off the facilitators. Mm. And I think that, like, alumni, you know, like, you guys call it the ice house magic stuff mm. is, like, real. <laughs> and, like, it's yeah, quite yeah. cool. Um, awesome to hear. So, yeah, it's just confidence building that, most of the people in the room and who do the course are all having the same sort of challenges, even though they come from different industries and different size businesses and there's but it's kind of all the same problems. Mm. And it's that's probably my biggest takeaway from the course is that, you know, you're going to hold a lot of connections in which you can touch base with and sort of bounce ideas off post the course. Yes. While you're there, you're learning a lot of, you know, new and sometimes not new stuff, but just the confidence that you can you're not, like, kind of alone battling your own battle. Yep. And, yeah, it's, it's it's been really good.
0: Yeah, that's so cool to hear. Any um, further key takeaways for you, Jonah? Or would you say that idea of how to lead those teams would be your biggest takeaway?
1: That, yeah, I think that was. I think it cool. really was. And uh, yep. so that that's probably, like, the, the application of leadership. The other part was just I learned a lot about myself mm. through the course. Mm. I think it was, like, how how you think different to kind of some other people in the room, how you think the same, how you share the same problems, how you tackle problems in different ways. And the profiling was really, really useful, Mm. like I said, kind of earlier on. Um, So, yeah, so I think I learned it was Mm -hmm. was very reflective as well as kind of developmental as well.
0: Did it affect anything for you from a lifestyle perspective? Did it sort of make you think anything more about balance or work life or anything along those lines?
1: My, my, yeah my view of like work-life balance is you kind of you learn it the hard way yeah so <laughs> you know? true you have to you have to kind of like oscillate between it's out of control to hey look I'm, i i can probably kind of push myself a little bit kind of further yeah so um i think from a from a lifestyle perspective i learned a lot in the resilience training yeah. in um In the Ice House course, we had a resilience coach come in on the last, I think, like on the last day.
0: Yeah.
1: And they was like some of the strongest kind of takeaways that actually had where you've got to invest into yourself, like into your own personal health Mm. and your own personal mindset and just your mental space if you want to achieve things for like the team and the culture and the business. Yeah. And I've applied loads of things around there. So... Brilliant. Sleep. For example, like a much bigger commitment to sleep Mm. um, through that time. So yeah,
0: they they were my biggest takeaways. Awesome, that's really cool. Um, what about you, Ash? On that note, around I just want to take a moment for sort of resilience as a leader. Um, A lot of changes in the last three uh, months, three years. Sorry. Um, What does resilience look like for you during that time? You know, maybe someone's listening to this. They've got young kids. They've got an opportunity to you know, be in that C suite of a of a business. What does resilience look like in that daily decision making?
2: Yeah, like it's like it's really hard. Mm. Um but in saying that I think like you've got to have you gotta have the support at home at the same time. I think that's a real big part. Like
0: Yeah, awesome.
2: Like my wife Jo talks about a lot. She's like like it's like base camp, is mm. that you've got your own like little mountains to climb, but you always come home to base camp and that's where you're like that's where your food mm. is and that's where your security is and that's where your, like, venting frustration thing is. So I think yeah, that's really that. important is to have your, like, base camp at home where you go home to um, and having a, you know, like, God, I don't know what how Joe puts up with me some days and puts <laughs> up with the kids and, like, it's been a pretty, like, challenging sort of three years of, mm. like, not a lot of sleep. Mm. But you've also got to go, well, I'm in a grindy period now so you've just got to kind of get on with it. Yeah. Like... Sure, it'd be nice to have eight hours sleep every night and been able to have you know leave work at the door when you wander away and Mm. not have any sort of outside of work issues at all, but. Mm. You know, when you have young kids and you've got a job and you're, like, mid to early 30s, mm. uh, this is a period of your life where you've kind of got to grind it out yeah. and really put in the work a so hustle. that you've got to – you can hustle through <laughs> it so yeah. that, you know, hopefully you don't have to hustle through it in the later stages. So, mm. like, I think if you've got that perspective of this is a period of time and where it's going to be really grindy and hard and I'm not going to get a lot of sleep and I'm going to be stressed and, like mm. – but if you're, like, optimistic through that and knowing that it's going to be a difficult period... Yeah. ..then it's easy to deal with. Um, awesome. And then, yeah, but at the same time, you've also got to recognise when you're tapped out at the same time too. Yeah. And if you don't recognise that and people aren't telling you, mm-hmm. then get people that can tell you, like, mm-hmm. get a bit of base camp. Awesome. <laughs> and, yeah. Love one of the first things ball. that
1: Greg said to me when I was coming in, he said, treat it like a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. Where it would be, it'd be easy for both of us, I think, to do twenty-six hours of work a day. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Eight yeah. days a week. Yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> but that is a sprint, yeah. And it's just you're never going to be sustainable. So you have to, you have to look at over kind of long term. Um, I think the other thing for me has been having a network of people who I can talk to yeah. and sh- kind of just talk about your challenges. Um, so you know mentors, if you like, mm. who and it's not just one. Like, a, kind of have several people, and you want to kind of pick on different people at different times, depending yeah. on the challenges that you have. Yeah. just sometimes like cathartically like talking to people about the challenges and just actually getting it off you know Mm -hmm. and i would i think we're both in the same camp where we've both got really like supportive partners yeah (laughs) awesome you know stacy she has to (laughs) bear the brunt of me kind of talking to her (laughs) about some stuff and it's just a pair of ears you know what i mean yeah for sure (laughs)
0: yeah yeah that's really cool and then like
1: just find the time to um
2: like do do the physical exercise mm. yeah that's really important yeah. like yeah. i have to do exercise every day yeah. otherwise i'm the grumpiest person you know, <laughs> yeah i just feel horrible yeah so yeah I, and it's to the point me where i'll sacrifice sleep to do exercise yeah. because it's more important for me yeah you, wow. know, you just got grind to grind it out and just do it yeah. because, because if you don't Realizing. do it then you end up in bad habits and then it just spirals yeah. away yeah for yeah. sure
0: So relatable. I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this being like, oh, I can relate to that, you know. And so thanks for sharing what that's looked like for you both as leaders. Um, Last question, just to finish this conversation off. I'd love to hear from you both. Who has been influential in your journey that you'd like to thank?
1: You
0: might need to think about
1: it. Well, I've talked a lot about Greg. Like, I'd have to give a shout to Greg, really, because he, you know, he's backed me Mm. through this. Um, and really, kind of reflecting on it now, I can probably kind of see the succession planning kind of more kind of in kind of in retrospect. So yes. massive thanks to to Greg there. I, the the board have been really supportive as well. We have um, Pioneer Capital on the mm. board, private equity partner, um, and and Ben and Craig and our chairman John as well have been really really supportive of me kind of stepping up. Awesome um, and. You Know kind of coming back to some of the stuff that Ash was talking about, like build, building your talent from the inside. You know, there's depending on how you look at it, there's potentially like a higher risk kind of approach of going for an unproven CEO but can bring them from the inside because they understand the business and the culture and the vision, yeah. Um, versus hey, let's go for experience on the outside. I think that was that was kind of a brave move on there, I suppose. Well. Yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very cool. I like that. What about you, Ash? Someone you'd like to thank that's been influential. Yeah,
2: I think I mean obviously Mandy and Greg for that transition period's been like John I said, I don't think you realise you're in a succession plan until you're like in a succession plan.
0: Yeah, um, so, so true. So it's been like
2: quite, Hold on, what's yeah, going on here? Like there's <laughs> lots of lessons there. And like we've spoken about that quite a lot. And it's quite good having them like post transition of them moving out and us moving up to like have that relationship to keep Chicken in on and yes. like bouncing ideas off. I think that's quite important. Like having not exited completely. Then yes, that's they're still
0: around. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure.
2: Yeah, still so that's passionate. really that's really good. Um, and then. So a guy, Jeremy Witten who I worked with at Fonterra, who was one of my first managers, kind of bosses there. Mm. He's really uh, helped me over the last, you know, my entire working career in terms of providing you know, provided an opportunity or got made redundant out of a role and, mm. and which led to a great opportunity um, uh, in the construction kind of sector to learn a new skill. So mm. that was really good. And he's probably someone that I will touch base with. Cool. You and he's he's with. more in the corporate kind of business side, but as someone who I've had a... Rela- he's like that guy you check in and every couple of years and yes. if something was to go wrong or if you needed some advice you'd, you always say yes He's he's been a really good um sort of connection point for me over the last little while awesome. and then I've, I've got a couple of mates who I went to school with who you know, like we're all same age and stage with kids and you know they're business owners or they're in the senior exec kind of level as well mm. and we've been best mates since we were like 10 yeah, and wow. it's cool watching that journey and it's like, it's really competitive. Like, mm. it's fun, really competitive.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
2: in terms of, like, having that network of really close people that you are really good friends with but can hear the challenges they're going through, bounce ideas off, talk through stuff, you've got a random idea, mm. like, it's actually you don't realise how much support your friends give you yep. in those things over a course of, like, a 30-year friendship. Totally. And, you know, probably don't get as much recognition as, say, a more formal mentor or a network that you've got is that, you know, I've really found, you know, Bevan and Sam and, and Cookie have been great for me to just Brilliant. chew the fat over a couple of beers and mm. you talk about the good times and the bad times and it's yeah, it's, it's more valuable than I think I realise. Mm, that's what it's
0: all about, eh? Having those mm. deep
2: relationships yeah. that you
0: can do life with. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to finish the convo there but there's just so much gold out of that and... Um, can't wait to share that with our community because like I said I think it's a really um, relevant conversation for a lot of business owners and leaders in New Zealand. Um, so thank you both for being on the Ice House podcast for sharing the story and uh, you know the Ice House are championing you guys and we're excited to see where it goes.